Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's attached to him, Pickford, and Zuma, and Son. Make some play for it. Taken finally, one of a number of chances they've created so far. We're not making a mess of the finishes anymore. That is a sensational finish. It's a brilliant pass from Harry Kane. Pickford has to back off. Go away, goalkeeper. Top through by Sissoko. It's another chance for Spurs. Pickford stops it. Comes out for that lead. And Tottenham go 2 1 up. Coming from 1 0 down. It's a scintillating game. Tottenham plays wonderful. That's based on the size of the centre backs. Feels off down the side. Trippier goes for goal, hits the post, and it's put away by Kane this time. He wasn't going to keep missing. Here's Kane. His head around. Eriksson! What a shot, what a goal. Christian Eriksson, bullseye. Again, and there's still half an hour to go. Everton's vulnerability at the back exposed again. That's done by Davis. The left is Son. Kane, he's got the double. And Spurs have got six. Top scorer. And that's another one to add to the list. What a display from the London club. Fantastic. Two against Everton for Harry Kane. For a fourth fixture in a row between these two clubs. It's a wonderful day for Spurs and for Maurizio Pochettino, the charismatic, much-admired, much-wanted manager, especially by his own club. Spurs march on. Goodison, a good ground for them. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the last word on Spurs, where we're going to be reviewing a 6-2 thrashing against Everton at Goodison Park as we bring you more last word on Spurs shows over a massive Christmas period. Helping me to look back on a wonderful win against Everton. I'm delighted to have alongside me, as always, Jason McGovern. Jace, how are you? Not too bad, mate. I had a, had a decent Sunday afternoon, really, in, considering. So, uh, yeah, it was a nice, comfortable win at, 
at this, this so-called tough place to go where we've only lost, what, five in 27 years or something. So I, I can't think of too many easier places to go <laughs> than that. You've been saving up on Jace, haven't you? God, I, I think Tranmere and Rochdale and Newport are tougher than going to Everton, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Season of seven, you've won six two. Listen, joining Jason, we're delighted to have back on the show Lee McQueen. Lee McQueen, our regular of Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? Yes, boys, how are you? Fantastic. What did they used to say to us? Uh, uh, was it Three Point Lane? I think Chelsea or whatever used to call us. Maybe we should start calling it Three Point Goodison. Oh, Three Point Park. Yeah, it could work, Lee. I like it. It could work. That could I catch like that. on. Well, joining Jason and Lee, he's regular. He's back. It's Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And obviously, delighted to be going into Christmas with a huge three points and obviously six goals scored. So, yeah, it should be a good review today. Should be. Six goals by Spurs. Honestly, just incredible. Wonderful, wonderful performance. Lee, I'm going to start with you because we discussed this off air and mm. it's only right I do start with you. I mean, while the media lead try their very best to destabilise Tottenham Hotspur's season, this group of players and this great manager make a statement by that fashion of Everton 6-2. Spurs, Lee, are now just two points behind Man City. Only six adrift of Liverpool, while five points clear now of Chelsea on the back of the weekend's results. What did you make of it, Lee? And Arsenal, of course, as well, if you, if you want to bring them to it. Oh, I, I don't know that far down the table were... anymore. I don't really look that far yeah. down. <laughs> you do not go down there. Um, I think, to a man, we were outstanding. And it is really weird. I don't want to um, uh, jump on uh, what Jay said off air, but Jay's just talked about, you know, he wasn't even that worried when we went 1-0 down because they were so open. Um, that you could just tell there was going to be chances. I think before they went 1-0 up, and it was against the final play, um, Kane had two chances, I think, and then uh, I think Son had a chance as well. And he just, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if our listeners were good. He just had an air about it today that we could go, do you know what? We're, we're going to win. Um, I thought um, Chris Cowlin, obviously friend of the show and friend of Love Sports Show as well, um, he tweeted on the way up there today, what do you think the score's going to be? And I thought it was going to be 4-2 because I just felt there was going to be goals in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, fantastic performance, really. It was. I mean, just to bring some of the stats out there, you know, Spurs now have won more games, 18 and more points, 70 from losing positions under Maurizio Pochettino than any other side in the Premier League. Now, going into that game, that was actually, you know, the first time this season we've come back to, you know, win a game from behind. We've now scored more Premier League away goals, 37 in 2018, than any other side in the division. So it just shows this Spurs side, it's as a player stepping up, the likes of Deli Ali, Hummin Son, it really is coming to the forefront. And, you know, Christian Eriksen, Delhi, Huminson, Harry Kane have all scored in the same match for the first time. Jace, I want to come round to you. Maurizio Pochettino, after the game, says, when you play the way we did, you must be very proud. That gives us an unbelievable feeling. What did you make of that result, Jace? I mean, a wonderful performance from Spurs. It was, was fantastic, wasn't it? The, the quality, of, <coughs> quality of some of our football helped. You know, I'll say Everton helped us a little bit with the way they set up and, and Tom Davis must have put in probably the, the worst performance against us as any player I've ever seen. I mean, it just allowed people to run run off him all day, all game, didn't he? But the, the quality of the, some of the quality of the goals, I mean, Sonny's goal, Ericsson's goal was, you know, other than Andros Townsend yesterday, that's goal of the weekend, isn't it? It was a fantastic goal. The, the team movement, the way we kept the ball and then just opened them up and we... We opened them up time and time again. And as Lee said, I don't even think if the second goal had been allowed, uh, we'd gone 2-0 down. It would have actually, mm. it would have just been 6-4 to Tottenham or something, or 6-3. <laughs> I mean, we, they were just so open that we knew we would score goals. And uh, it was a, a really fantastic performance, wasn't it? And it caps off a, 
an absolutely brilliant week because you know, if we'd have lost their 6-2 today, I'd still be buzzing about Wednesday night. So, um, <laughs> you know, but to, to have it go our way and round off what's been a brilliant week was, uh, was fantastic. Yeah, you talk about goals there, Jason. It's the first time Spurs have scored five league goals in an away match since May 2017 when they beat Marco Silva's whole city by a 7-1 scoreline. Jamie, let me bring you in. Spurs now just two points behind second place Man City, six points away from Premier League leaders Liverpool. The club are also, as we mentioned, they brought it up, you know, five points clear of fourth place Chelsea and fifth place Arsenal. I suppose the question everybody's asking, Jamie, and I'm afraid I'm having to come to you first to answer it, is our Tottenham really in a title race here? Yeah, well, certainly we're in the title race. I think today was a real huge marker that we are, that was a real statement of our intent this season. I think to to go to Everton, who I still feel are a good side, I think they'll be the best of the rest um, outside the top six. So I think it's a, to score six against them was a huge statement. And of course, um, having done so, with so many late returners in the World Cup, key injuries, you know, no official home games and no summer signings, to have done that is just... It's a huge, huge credit to the, both the players and Mauricio Pochettino of how well they've done this season. Of course, we're also in the Champions League round of 16 as well. Also note that as well. Um, but yeah, I think today was just, it was such an incredible attacking performance. I think it was probably one of the best attacking displays that you'll see from certainly us or, or any team this season. And I think it was just the link-up play between the front four today was just something else. Oh, they were they were they were sublime, weren't they, James? And the, the thing is, I mean, I tweeted earlier that um, I think they're the best front four in the Premier League. And you talk about Liverpool's front three and the amount of talent that we they've got and the amount of talent that Man City have got. Tell me a finer front four than the Ali and um, and Eriksen, Kane and Son. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. And just to give you some stats to back up that clinical um, uh, performance that you were just talking about. We had nine shots on target and scored six. That's, uh, you know, what's that, 66% um, uh, resulting in a goal. So, you know, you're definitely the best clinical performance, best attacking performance that we've seen. And, wow, I mean, I think Everton were very, very brave to go after us today. Like, go, you know, you have a shot, we have a shot, because we've just displayed some outstanding finishing today and uh, mm -hmm. fair play to the lads. Also, yeah. just on the Also, just on the title race, I noted there was a stat from... Uh, it was this is the first time since the 1985-86 season that three teams uh, have all collected 40 points by Christmas. So I guess that obviously shows really? how, um, you know, that the three that are now trying to break away in Liverpool, City and, and ourselves uh, just goes to show how strong the competition is going to be this year. So, um, yeah, it should be very interesting. I mean, you talk, you talk, sorry to hog, but you, you, talk, you talked um, earlier about, you know, are we in the title race? You posed a question, uh, Rick, to, to Jane. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, we're, we're well poised, you know. No one's talking about us. I think Pochino said it earlier. Everyone's talking about the big two. You know, the media darlings are in love with Liverpool, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? It's like they, they couldn't work, wipe their arseholes quick enough. Um, you know, they're all out there. You know, they've played this and this. Other. You know, quite frankly, I'm very passionate about this. I'm, I'm freaking fed up with it, quite frankly. I'm fed up with the media banging on about this. And banging on about that, and but actually, do you know what? Potticino, Tottenham boys were just quietly going along about our business. I said, I said on the on the Love, Port, uh, Love Sports Show about four, four weeks ago, I said I reckon we can get fifty points by uh, by the Man United game. Well, on on course, aren't they? On, on, they are on course. On course to do that, and you know that that would be an unbelievable achievement. And it's about time, lads, and all the listeners out there. It is about time that our 
our luck change as well. You know, it isn't Spursy now. We ain't going to go and get a record points total and lose the title. If we go and get a record points total this year, we'll win the damn thing. You ready? If first from Lee McQueen, we're going to win the damn thing. Jace, want to bring you back in. Reggie Moore at Moore underscore Reggie says the Everton match felt like a moment-defining event. Is this the time the legacy Poch talks about begins? The face of speculation and difficulties, we're stronger than ever. Belief is now ingrained in the supporters. Jace, what a statement. Do you agree with Reggie? No, I, I don't. I think the legacy started a long time ago. You know, we've been a, let's be fair, we've been a damn good side for a long, long time now. Mm. You know, and, and you, you look back and think of some of the, the away wins. For me, the, the, the winning at Chelsea last year was a massive win. And we've really learnt from that. To go to Chelsea and end that barren run. And since then, you've gone to a Barcelona and, and things got our result. Got a result in Juve last year. Went to Liverpool, got a result in 2018. Gone on one at the Emirates. You know, it, a 6-2 win at a ground where we normally do one. As impressive as it is, I think there's this Tottenham side's creating a, a legacy for a long, long time now. And when you think of all the negativity in the summer about not signing players and this is wrong and that's wrong. And to think we'd go into Christmas five points clear of every other London club, only two points off a of City, still in the Champions League, in the Carabao Cup semi-finals. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, how many people would have predicted that in, in the I summer when it was so negative? It was untrue. And uh, some of those people that we know all too well, Ricky, you know, your Hespers mm. and all that. I mean, you look at them and you think, Take that head out that arse of yours in the summer and start concentrating on what this club is actually doing. You know, like I'm on, I'm on the same page as you, Jase, when it comes to that. You know, that whole negativity piece before. Oh, you know, people are trying to interpret what Potticino was trying to say at the end of last season. He comes out this week and talks about a legacy and talks about the fact that they're not going to sign players for the sake of signing players and so on and so And now people are going, oh, yeah, oh, that's what he meant. It is what he meant. We've got to be brave. It's not about going to buy a £200 million player. It's about giving Sissoko a chance. Sissoko today was absolutely outstanding again. And if he, if, if we go and sign in Dumbele or whoever we else want to play, we'll sign, Sissoko doesn't play. Sissoko doesn't be one of the best stories about Tottenham Hotspur. This is what makes our club. This is the fabric of what Potticino has brought to this, this fine football club. And that's what people need to understand. It's not just about money and going by players. Most of the time, it's, and look, we might not win the title. We might not win any trophies. But you know what? I'm loving what I'm seeing. Absolutely loving it. Lee's selling me the dream here. Lee is selling it to me. I can feel the airwaves coming across here. Lovely McQueen. Jamie, want to bring it back around to you because a question here is from... LWS Tottenham Hotspur at THFC Football Co. Hi, Matt Jarvis here, Tottenham content manager for Last Word on Football, our friends over at Last Word on Football. He says, Jamie, did signing no one in the summer actually work in Tottenham's favour? Happy Christmas, everyone, and keep up the great work. Thanks for that, Matt. Jamie, what do you reckon? No, I don't. I, don't, I would disagree that it, um, that it did help us. I think, look, that's. I think this is why Pochettino will stay. And yeah. I think because... He's not. He, this is what he wants. He wants to create a project by himself. He doesn't want to, you know. We, we've seen that he doesn't like spending money, and this is why, you know, he isn't going to just jump ship to somewhere like Manchester United because, you know, they're all saying he's going to go because because he's going to be given a huge amount of money. But this is what Pochettino wants to do. He wants to create something special, and you know, we've seen that by, you know, he he's going to work with what he's got at Spurs and he, he knows that what he's going to do here at Spurs is going to be something really special. 
I, I disagree. As I said, I disagree that um, signing signing players um, uh, helped us. But you know, I think it's just been absolutely fantastic. And I think, as I said on on Love Sport, that this is one of the things that I've just loved so much about Pochettino of, of mm. how he's identified players for for different areas of the team, whether that be Ben Davis at centre-back, and obviously he was fantastic in the games that he played there. Moussa Sissoko, I mean, you know, there's not much more that can be said about him. Um, Juan Foyt, uh, and it's just, you know, and that's what just makes Pochettino such a special manager, that he's he's been able to utilise what he's got in the squad. Jace, I want to bring it back round to you, because I think we're going to say as a show here that this Man United job, now that we discussed it on Love Sport at length, and I think we've done two hours on it on there, and you know me, what I, job, I, Ricky? What, pa- job? what well, job? exactly? What job? What job? I don't, this, I don't know what job no, you're talking about. And I, no, what I'm just trying to make the point, Jason. We said this off there that we're not going to sit here for four or five months and have this whole debate every single week about Pochettino no. being linked to the Man United job. There's no point in doing so. He's Tottenham Hotspur's manager, and I just think over this last week or so, by you know many of the media outlets, I think it's been a sign of real disrespectful to. Tottenham Hotspur as a football club. You know, I'm not going to sit here and start naming the media companies that are doing it. They know who they are. The fact of the matter is, this guy is in charge at Tottenham. He's doing a wonderful job at Spurs. The same way, you know, Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, the way he came across in his press conference this week when he was asked about the possibility down the line in the future of being maybe the Spurs manager, he said, there's a manager in place in Maurizio Pochettino who's doing a fine job there. He's enjoying his time at Bournemouth. And, Jace, I think we as a show want to take a present here and say we're not going to sit here week upon week discussing this rumour because that's what it is, a rumour, and he's Tottenham's manager, Jace. No, we, we shouldn't be throwing fuel on the fire. So, you know, we can't control the, the Love Sport edition because people phone in live. You can't, you can't control the question. All we can say is we won't discuss it on our own one. And even if it comes up on Love Sport, I'm, I'm not going to answer the question. It's just... You know, Dharma Sheth, who got completely shut up, who, who went into his little rant and, and, and said, you know, we must discuss what, what everyone in football's talking about, then puts out a tweet that he can't he can't get round to answering every tweet. Well, what you, you wanted you wanted your questions answered, but you can't be asked to answer everyone else's. I mean, it was just just ridiculous all all week. And uh, I think he's been asked a question tonight again about Man United, and um, I. I bet you any money you like, nobody said to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yesterday, how does it feel to be sacked in three months or four months' time? Yeah. No one will say that to them, it's, will they? So why should they do it to our club? It's, it's just sorry. So, no, you know, if any of you read a listener's questions, please do not ever send in a question over the next five months of what will we do if he leaves or anything like that, because we are not going to discuss it. I just want—I just want to add—is I absolutely agree, and you know, quite frankly, it is bordering on bullying, and I am strong on that, and and I want my—I want our listeners to hear that it is bordering on bullying the way the media have been across the whole Potocino line, and I'm sick and tired of hearing it from them. It's turning me off. It's turning me off watching telly or listening to the, the different radio outlets and, uh, and picking up newspapers because I'm quite frankly, we are doing it the right way. We, as a football club, have done absolutely everything well. We've kept the club where it was born we've kept it to um, re-energize the the local community london borough of harringay which is the third lot of poorest borough in the bloody country we've kept it in there we're doing everything that we can to re- re- uh, re-energize and do what we're doing we've got an amazing f- and all we get from the mainstream media is this this is going to happen this is going to fall apart if this happens i think uh, if they go and win the Cowboy Cup, all their players will leave because they want to do so. If they don't get in the top four, all their players will leave. It ain't happening, media. 
It's not happening. The legacy is happening. Get on board with it and watch it happen because we, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, are going places. And I'm not saying that we're going to be the best ever, but it is. I'm sick of it, guys, hearing about it. So don't bother, like Jay said, ask us what's going to happen with Poch because Pochettino has got four and a half years left on his contract and he's creating a legacy with Daniel Levy and the rest of the club and which we are going to be amazing. Final question on it, Jamie. It's over to you. Don Shield at Got No Chill says, great, great tag on there. Don Shield no got no chill at Shield Face. Yeah, we all got a chill here. He says, Jay, why would Poch want to even leave a team in this kind of form? It's a great point, Jay, isn't it? No, exactly. I mean, you compare our side to Manchester United's side, it's far superior. And I know, Rick, you, you've kind of spoken about it as well, but it would require basically a whole new rebuilding project mm. for him to go elsewhere. So, of course, he doesn't want to uh, leave. But um, look, I, also, I think one, you know, let, I think we should start now talking in Pochettino in a more positive light. I think obviously one huge argument um, about Pochettino is uh, the no trophy argument. One thing I'd say is like games like today. I mean, that was just entertainment-wise. I'd say that that was nearly as good as winning a trophy because I think the feeling was just absolutely amazing. Six goals away um, from home, Jay. You, you're spot exactly. on, and it's the manner of the goals, the class of them, Jay, aren't they? Exactly. And, and I think the, the other question that I was kind of discussing with a few of my other mates um, was, is, is Pochettino already becoming a, a club legend? Because I think for what he's done for the club, it's just been amazing. I know people argue that, you know, he have to want to, has to have won a trophy. But I think the entertainment value that he's brought us, um, the way that he's managed the, you know, the way he's managed the club. You know, we, we said he's, you know, he's the real glue of this club at the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. With all the issues that we've had going off, um, off the pitch, you know, he's managed to keep us going really strong on the pitch. Um, and yeah, I, d- I just think, look, for me, I think the no trophy argument is that, you know, I think he's close to becoming a club legend. I was going to say on, on that back that point, Jamie, as well, I completely agree. And I think that, um, you know, for for the, the legacy that he's talked about, even, even his words this week when he talked about um, the, the, the fact that, you know, what we've done, the stuff that Jason's just highlighted, you know, the wins uh, against Real Madrid, the draw in Barcelona, the away... I mean that that is we haven't we hadn't won away at Chelsea for twenty eight years. Think of all the managers that have been at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club in the last twenty eight years because we were recycling them every two years, weren't we? <laughs> so you know, th- think about how many managers we went through and we never won a Premier League game or a league fixture at Chelsea in twenty eight years. That's ridiculous. Now to go into places at Arsenal now and we've got that under the belt it is is phenomenal. And actually, this is what I'm trying to say. You know, when I when I'm Mister Optimistic and I'm going on one of my kind of positivity events it's not just about you know uh, you know this or that it's about this is the time to want this is the one of the best times to support this football club like this is the best time that stadium is absolutely incredible it's a game changer an absolute game changer and to hear some of the words that Daniel Levy was talking about with Pochettino holding the the keys to the gates of the um, of the west where the West Ham was, where Bill Nick, the famous picture where Bill Nick once was. He wants to be a legend at this football club, and I, and I think, like you say, James, I think he's becoming one very, very quickly. Just on it, another cr- amazing stat there that Spurs have now taken more points per away league game 
2.28 in 2018 than any other team in England. This is from Daniel Story 85. Given their comparative resources and absolutely sensational management from Maurizio Pochettino, it truly has been. So let's get right into the Everton game now. Let's really get in and review it. So I'm going to come back around to you, Jace, for the team who's ahead of the game. Harry Kane returned to the Tottenham Hotspur starting lineup along with Davidson Sanchez. Spurs with plenty of options to bring off the bench, which included Oliver Skip, Eric Lamella, and Lucas Moura, as we look to close the gap on both Liverpool and Man City at the top. Jace, team-wise, happy with that when you saw it? Yeah, two names two names on the team sheet that I was delighted to see. One was Davinson Sanchez, because it was fantastic to see him back. And um, I thought he had a, overall, he had a, a very good game coming into it. Yeah, there was the, the little bit with Calvert-Lewin, but I think overall, I mean, when we think our Yam returned with that absolute disaster at the, at the Scumbrooks, <laughs> it was, uh, was, you know, Davinson Sanchez was in control of most things. So it was a, a promising return from Davinson Sanchez. Delighted to see Musa Sissoko's name on the team sheet yet again. What a what a performance from him! A couple of times with the ball, sloppy in possession, but the the ground that he covered, the, his break forward that set up the Delhi Alley goal where he played a, a lovely ball through the lines, you know. And it's just the the continuation of such a really good period of form. And who'd believe what we would be sitting here and not miss Musa Dembele? It's it's, oh, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? But, it's incredible. And Wanyama as well. Let's not forget Wanyama yeah. and Dyer. Also, Eric no, Dyer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've said it for a number of weeks, haven't I? I don't really care what the team is because I just have confidence that he's, you know, I, I will still think I'm not a great Trippier fan. I'm not a great Oria fan, but one of them's got to play. But, you know, pretty much everywhere else, I don't, at the moment, I don't care if it's Rose or Davis. I don't care if it's Toby or Sanchez. I don't care if it's, if it's Winks or, or Dyer. I don't care if it's Son or Mora. I just, I don't even care if Kane's missing, it, as crazy as it sounds. It's just that whatever the 11 go out, I look at that side and think, yep, I've got confidence in that side and they'll this, follow the plan. That, that That's exactly what Mauricio come out this week and said in one of his press conferences, isn't it? He's talking yeah. about the fans being positive rather than negative and he talked about some of the media and stuff like that as well, but you know, specifically about being all together and, and actually whatever side comes out, instead of bemoaning him for picking them, actually going, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's give this a go. You know, the whole... Ben Davis at centre-back, for example, who was outstanding. Two, two clean games. sheets. Two clean sheets, yeah, exactly. And, and funnily enough, he <laughs> he didn't play centre-back today and, and we didn't get a clean sheet. But, you know, I, I mean, I looked at that squad, that squad today and I just thought, I, I think we're going to have it. I mean, there's this whole Sissoko thing now. I, I've got no 100% no issue with him being in the side whatsoever. I think he's brilliant. I think he's been playing fantastic. When I saw them front four that we discussed earlier... Amazing. They are the best front four in the Premier League for me. And, you know, for all four of them to get on the score sheet as well and add assists, Kane, both Kane um, and Son had an assist. I, I just, it was a fantastic performance, wasn't it? The biggest stat with it really is, you know, and, and the Sky start off immediately with Sunis praising Tottenham. You know, oh, unbelievable. 95% of Graham Sunis' comments today were actually very good about Tottenham, very positive. He raved about our performance, said they're, when they play like this, they're as good as anyone else to watch. You know, most of what he said, but he made the very first such a lazy comment, I fear without Kane. And you think, we've won nine of the last ten games in which Kane hasn't started. Yeah. You know, when, when, so does that, lazy, when does that get it? into people? And, it, and it's crazy. And, and I don't actually sit there. Don't get me wrong. I want Harry Kane to play. We are better with Kane in it. But if Kane's not on that team sheet, I don't give a stuff. Because I think, do you know what? Sonny will score, or Ali will score, or Ericsson will score, or Mora will score. 
There's so many goals in our team at the moment, and that's without trying to buy Riyad Mahrez or Wilfried Zaha, who everyone told us <laughs> we had to have to get to no, the No, no, Anthony, Anthony Martial still in there as well. Martial, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. I think with the Sooners comment, you, you tweeted it quite quickly, and I was outraged. I was shouting at the telly as soon as he said it. I was thinking, how lazy are you? You've done zero research, because we, you know, I mean, like we do all the research before we do our shows and so on and so forth. Obviously, it's our club as well, so you'd expect us to know more, but you know, as a, as a top-paid pundit, you should do your research. And, you know, that stat that you just thrown out there, Jace, it's, it's an incredible stat. But equally, it, people should know that if they're going to comment on it and, and actually uh, give some, some decent punditry. And like you said, like, he, he, he is typically uh, um, positive about Spurs. But again, it's just that whole agenda piece, cracking on, cracking on, cracking on, is about, oh, if Kane gets in, uh, bollocks. Well, hang on a minute. No, we're not. And that's what annoys me. Like, like just, oh... Sorry. I'm gonna come, listen, I'm going to come around to Jay in a second, but Jay, I'm going to go back to you because for the first goal, the ball seemed to bounce in front of Harry Winks, who you know, went over his head. Again, a bit of miscommunication, you would say, with both him and Trippier to give away that first goal. Who does the fault lie with there, Jason, in that situation, watching it back? Uh, a little bit sloppy from both of them, wasn't it? I think Tripp's could have done better. I think Harry Winks could have done better. But usually with goals, you know, you've got to look at <laughs> absolutely everything about it. Then there's a ball that's played down the side. Can Ben Davis cover Walcott's run a fraction better? You know, it, it was it was a mistake. The ball, I mean, it did take a strange bounce considering uh, how wet the pitch and that was. But um, and Trippier is a little bit slow to react to it. But you know, when you've scored six, you, you can think right, it's, it's not it's not too much of a problem, is it? But um, no, I, I thought you know, Trips Trips let himself down once or twice today. Still got got beaten quite easily a couple of times but um, you know I don't want to be too picky tonight that was a fantastic performance all round yeah and come around to you Jay you know Calvert-Lewin and headed in from a Walcott cross but was a judge to have pushed Sanchez in the air still at 1-0 in hindsight Jay looking back do you think that was fairly harsh and that goal could have maybe stood could it have been 2-0 to Everton at that time Oh look, I think I think yeah. Look, it was it was certainly shouldn't have it should have stood. Um, but as as we've said, you know, I, I really don't think I think just how good we were, we just completely blew them away today. Um, so I I don't think that the goal, even if it had to have stood, I don't think it would have had any bearing on the game. I think yes, it was. Um, perhaps I think it, yes, of course, it was a goal uh, and it should have stood. But um, yeah, I mean, l- looking at Sanchez's performance today, I think. Uh, Maybe he was, look, I mean, it's to be expected. Um, you know, he's just come back from injury. So, and to come into a high-intensity game like that in the Premier League was um, it was always going to be tough for him. But, uh, no, I think aside from that, I think he was he did okay today. But, um, yeah, as and again, I'll, I'll reiterate, I just think, I don't think the goal would have mattered if it hadn't been given because I think we were just so good today. On the goal, the, the only thing I will uh, take difference with is the whistle went really early. And Hugo made absolutely no attempt to save the yes, ball, yes, having correct. heard the whistle. Correct. So, you know, if the whistle doesn't go and, and the bloke's a genuine header, it may well be Hugo would have tried to save it. He may he may well have saved it or it may well have gone in. But he certainly wouldn't have just made absolutely no attempt at all. So I think, you know, when you talk about a goal disallowed, you can't quite call it a goal when, when the goalkeeper who's clearly heard the whistle makes no attempt to save it. Okay, and Lee, I want to bring you in because, you know, we spoke about Sonny sometimes, you know, having to be a bit more clinical. Well, Lee, you know, the equaliser, it was a horrible mix-up between Pickford and Zuma. They bumped into each other as they tried to handle Kane's ball over the top. But Sonny, you know, that finish, he still had a lot to do and it was a great finish, wasn't it? From quite a way oh. out, Lee, to bring us level. 
it, it is an amazing finish, to be honest. And because you kind of almost, I suppose, you got an open goal. You know, the the you know general consensus is that oh yeah, you know, just put it in the back of the net. But that ball was was difficult to take. He took it kind of on the half volley almost um, when it was bounced up, and, and to hit it kind of almost going away from goal. Do you get what I mean? It's like a hockey stick going away from goal rather than bending into the goal. I thought it was an outstanding finish. You know, to keep him to keep it calm. Um, fortunately for us, their goalkeeper uh, Pickford and, uh, and their defender wasn't calm because they made a right hash of that. But but uh, you know it was still a massively uh, a, a massive finish from from Sonny and, and sent us on our waves. You did uh, we 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 mentioned off air, didn't we? You and I Rick, uh, just quickly before. I mean, you know, yes, they went one up. They could have gone two nil up, but we had goals in us. But oh, you just felt it was it was important. To get that goal, do you know what I mean? If it had gone one nil for a longer period of time, you never know what could have happened. So, um, you know, they, they, they didn't have the lead for long, did they? They didn't. And just on Sonny, he's been involved in seven goals in his last six appearances for Spurs in all competitions. Five goals, two assists, contributed to six goals as well. Five goals in the assist in his last six Premier League appearances, and named man of the match. Chase, I want to come back round to you about Sonny because we spoke about him maybe having the need to be a bit more clinical in front of goal for him to be recognised by maybe other Premier League clubs and maybe across Europe. Because I think as Spurs fans, we know how good Sonny is. But for me, I still think Chase is one of the most underrated players in the whole of the Premier League and across Europe. Yeah, of course, he definitely is. And as I've always said, if, if you see a showreel of his, what's he now got 54, 55 goals? You see, you go onto YouTube, if, if somebody's done the thing, I'm sure they have certainly for most of them anyway, and you look at them, just see how many are real quality goals. You know, they're fantastic goals. And um, I bet if you compare Eden Hazard's 50 with Sonny's 50, you'll find Sonny's actually scored, 50, you know, more more quality goals than Hazard has. Don't get me wrong, I'm a massive Eden Hazard fan, so I'm not saying he's better than Hazard or anything like that. But, but sometimes a player like Hazard will rightly get some acclaim for some of the wonderful things he does. But Sonny, you think, do you know what? He can match so many of these people with his goals. So, no, he's, uh, I'm a massive fan of Sonny. Always liked him. But the, the quality of goals he scores with both feet, don't forget. Right foot, left foot. It's it's amazing, he's finishing. I think it's, it's quite interesting. Sorry, Rick, to just grab in there, Jason, on that point. I think it's quite interesting that you talk about um, Eden Hazard there. Because I was actually astonished this week to find out that he hasn't even scored 100 goals for Chelsea yet. He's on his 99th goal. And I just, I thought that was astonishing on the basis that you've got Sonny doing 54, 55. got Deli Alley, for example, who's, I think he's in his 50s now. He's 52 or 51, 52 goals, whatever. It feels like Eden Hazard has been there. When did they win the Champions League? 2012. 2012. So, so, so he's been there six years, right? This is his sixth season. And he, and he, ain't, he ain't scored 100 goals. I, I thought that was... I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but when everyone talks about how bloody good he is and how world-class he is and how he's the best player in the, in the league, this, that and the other, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> Listen, I mean, uh, like, I'm not saying he's rubbish, but I'm saying, like, so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he scored 99 goals, scoring, Sonny scored 54, but he's done it in much less time, but no one talks about him, yet Hazard's like going to win the Ballon d'Or. You could compare Sonny to, say, uh, Leroy Sane. Now, if, I bet if you ask most people, everyone will say Leroy Sarr is miles better than Son. Yeah, but you yeah, actually agree look at the end product from them. You think, do you know what? Son, Son gives you far more end product than Leroy Sane does. And again, mm. that's not me saying Leroy Sane is a bad player, but you think, no, you know, he's up there amongst the very best Premier League players. Agreed. At the end of the day, I think people are only going to say that just because of the club that they play for. I think if you know Sonny had been in 
Manchester City or or, or whoever, um, Chelsea, he'd be he'd be rated just as highly by you know any of the top other top six fans. Um, yeah, I just I think it's just slightly basically it's because of the club that he plays for that he mm. that he's underrated. Jay, I want to come back around to you because Sonny was heavily involved again for Spurs as he freed on the left channel Moussa Sissoko. Pickford saved Son's low shot, but Ali was there to follow up and get his goal after on the back of a week where Ali scored and assisted against Arsenal. You know, as we always say about Deli Ali, Jay, he's always stepping up for Tottenham, isn't he? That crucial goal to put Tottenham in front against Everton. Interesting that you mentioned both those players. I mean, Deli and Son, I think... Um... I think, to be honest, recently, I think they've been really finding a new level. I think Deli Ali's been huge. He's just been unbelievable, unplayable almost in the last few weeks. I think Sun, you could argue, has been the same. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, it was one of the best attacking performances of the season. And those two were just absolutely sensational today. And uh, I think Sun was certainly worth getting man of the match. But Deli Ali, mm. um, oh. also another impress, yeah. such an impressive performance. And... Obviously, there's the stat that that's the first time that all four of them have scored in the same game. I think it just just goes to show you again that you know we we are more than just the the Harry Kane team uh, that we've been previously labelled. And um, yeah, Sun and Delhi were absolutely sensational today. Spot on, Jamie. Spot on. Delhi Ali himself has been involved in four goals in his last five appearances for Spurs in all competitions. Three goals, one assist, and quite another staggering stat out there that Spurs have never lost in the 36 Premier League matches in which Delhi has scored. Jace, I want to come back around to you because we've heard the news from Maurizio Pochettino post-match that Ali was withdrawn as a precaution and the injury sustained isn't a big issue. How relieving is that, Jace, with a lot of games to come over this Christmas period and into New Year? Yeah, we definitely need we definitely need Delhi. He's he's fittest, you know. He's in a fantastic run of form at the moment. So, and obviously with Sonny to go away in January, then then you certainly don't want players being out injured for another five or six weeks and things. But um, it was just a, another excellent finish, wasn't it? The way he opened his foot up with the outside of his foot, steered it into the far corner. But um, you know, as we say, that the break from the bit of play that preceded it from Sissoko and the the little slip ball into Sonny was was just fantastic midfield play as well. But uh, we know Delhi's ability, don't we? Let's be fair. We do. And Lee, you want to come back around to you because Harry Kane then followed up when Kieran Trippier's free kick hit the post and finished into an empty net. I mean, it was quite a comeback at that time, Lee, wasn't it? To go three one up and the way we were so clinical in front of goal, and that is the fourth time in a row that Spurs have scored three or more against Everton. We seem to like it up there, Lee, don't we? We do, we do. I mean, I was saying to uh, a couple of my mates uh, um, in the run-up to the game, I think last season's aggregate score was uh, Tottenham 7 and Everton nil. So, um, it is, uh, we do we, we do like them playing against them and, and ultimately going up Goodson Park. It's quite interesting as well, actually, because I think that Harry Kane had probably, call them sighters maybe, but two sighters before he, he actually scored. You just knew he was going to score. Did anyone on this pod or any of our listeners think that he weren't going to score today? He just looked up for it. He just knew, I just knew that he was going to score. And he scored a couple as well. And and uh, he scored a couple against them, I think, on the last two times he's played them as well. So, very, very interesting. Um, I just want to quickly go back, if I can, to go back to uh, the point Jace made about Eddie okay. Hazard earlier and Sonny. Um, I've just, we, we, we talked about Sadio Mane. Um, so many people were clambering for us to sign Sadio Mane. I think he, he was a, a record at the time, 37 million or something like that when Liverpool got him. 91 appearances for Liverpool in all competitions, uh, 41 goals. There you go. There you, there you go. go. Quite 12, 12 or 13 less than Sonny, isn't it? Yeah. 
Very if interesting, we'd have, right? If we'd have had Marnie, we wouldn't have had Sonny. That is incredible, isn't it? When you put it like that, I mean, honestly, we we are blessed with a wealth of attacking talent up front, aren't we? We really are. Some special players in there, and that's that's what I was saying, Rick, earlier. You know, it is the you know it's, that should be our debate. That's what everybody should be talking about. Is our front four? I think they're the best in the Premier League. I'm putting it out there. You're talking about Deli Ali there. The way that the camera angle when they were doing a replay earlier, and the camera angle of his goal, he was just he weren't even sprinting really fast like a train to get that ball. He kind of just hang back a little bit. Let, I think it was the the guy that everyone's talking about that we should be signing. Was it Anderson? Um, is, is that his name? Sorry, their the, the central midfield player. Everton Andre Gomez. Gomez, sorry, Go, Gomez, yeah, yeah sorry, Gomez. My, my mistake. He, he kind of just let uh, Dele Alli drift off him and all of a sudden he comes on, he's hit, he's hit that ball in the back of the net <laughs> and you just think, well, you know, that's another goal for Dele Alli and you know, somebody tweeted, oh, I'll try and find the credit, but you know, at the age of 22, he's he's made more goals in uh, an assist and score goals than Skulls, um, Lampard and Gerrard at that age put together. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, put together, I mean... Honestly, I love this team. It's a wonderful team, isn't it? <coughs> wonderful time to be a fan. And I want to come back round to you, Jamie, <coughs> Jamie, that is, because Spurs, you know, after that first half, we quickly picked off where we left and we in the second half. Kane's cross is headed out only as far on the edge of the box as Christian Eriksen, who arrived to ping a ball into that bottom right corner from 20 yards. I mean, what a finish that was, Jay, from Christian Eriksen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sensational finish from Ericsson. Um And going back to just, just on Kane, I think today we really saw uh, another side of Kane, I think. And, and it's really nice to see that people are starting to finally recognise that Kane's more more than more than just a goal scorer. I think he was, you know, some of his passes across the pitch were just absolutely Gosh. sensational today. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think um, obviously Ericsson's goal was, uh, was, was quite sensational. And I think really that gave us the confidence to to really just go on and, and, and kick on and gave us a really good cushion to uh, go on and score two more. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the football we're playing is such in style. And on just on Kane at the moment, you know, he scored seven goals in his last four Premier League matches against Everton. He's only become the second player after Michael Owen to score two or more goals in four consecutive Premier League games against an opponent. I mean, Kane's year, we've heard also on the back of Sunday's newspapers that he is to be awarded an OBE. I mean, Jason, Harry Kane... The plaudits keep coming for him. What a special player. And he's one of our own, Jace. Uh, he's just average, mate, because he hasn't won a trophy. Apparently, so. <laughs> and he's got, he speaks with a lisp. So, you know, Tom from Islington thinks he's a right prat because, you know, he hasn't won a trophy. So, you know, there you go. You know, and, oh, and he only got third in sports person out of the year, didn't he? So that just shows, you know, he's what a failure he is. I mean, how ridiculous. <laughs> how ridiculous. I just just uh, talking about the um, the, the Ericsson goal as well. I mean Harry Kane. Just I mean, just guys. I can't say anything else about him. Do you know what I mean? The guy is just unbelievable. But um, Ericsson's goal reminded me of you know like in a training session. I don't know if you boys uh, do this at all because obviously you know I don't know what your skill levels. I don't know what your techers are like, lads. To be fair. But it's like, you know, what sometimes you see on Soccer Home when they put the bin, uh, the wheelie bin in the corner of the goal. And if you look at that replay, I know the, it was at the bottom right-hand corner. Ericsson gets that through a bin or a tyre because, you know, the defender can't uh, put his arm out because it comes down ball. And then the goalkeeper's kind of there and he squeezes it through, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a little, squ- you know, it must have been like a, the size of a wheelie bin that he actually hits the back of the net. His absolute technique was unbelievable. 
And we always say about Ericsson, don't we? I mean, I think here, Jay, coming around to you, Jamie, that is, that surely, Jay, someone like Christian Ericsson, it would cost more to replace him than, you know, try and match his contract demands, do you think, overall? Or do you think, like Jason has always said, that maybe he's just holding off himself personally to see what the future holds with Tottenham, with Pochettino, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, of course. Of course, it would be far more expensive. I don't think that Spurs would be able to go and sign a better player no. uh, than Christian Eriksen. But uh, yeah, obviously, that's, that's going to be a really uh, key one to try and tie up. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, can I, if I just bring it back on to Harry Kane. Oh, by uh, all means. Yeah, yeah, of course. On, 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 the, on obviously being awarded the OBE, I think, look, he's, he's totally, totally deserving of it. I think um, he's absolutely perfect role model. Um, obviously, works so hard to to get where he's got in 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 the world of football um conducts himself in just the perfect manner i think um obviously one of the one of the country's greatest ever goal scorers certainly certainly getting there um and i'm sure you know as his career goes on i'm sure he's going to end uh, wherever he plays hopefully he stays at tottenham um that he's going to earn a few major honors by the end of his career yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. Now, we want to discuss Everton getting back into the game. And I'm going to come around to you, Lee, because Everton did pull a goal back. Richardson cut across from left to right. Found Sigerson, who also cut across the ball and finished low past Lloris. Now, Lee, mm. we've had this debate, haven't we, before about you looking like Gazaniga. Do you think he might get more of a look in, maybe towards the future? Because Lloris, would you argue <coughs> he should do a bit better there? Yeah, look, OK, so... The first, the first point you just made, um, Luis, for me, before I say what I'm about to say, Luis is, is still our number one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Gazaniga, that's a, that's a bit of love I've got going on with Gazaniga. But, you know, Luis is still my number one. But I do think at the time, and this is ultra, ultra critical, OK, listeners, I'm not saying that we played badly in any way, shape or form today. But that my ultra criticism was, I thought, Kieran Trippier was a bit poor for, for certainly the first half an hour maybe 35 minutes or so in, in the game. And I think that Lloris could have done better with that. It felt like to me that he could, he should have saved that. Um, again, like I say, it's ultra critical. But, you know, when... Sigerson is their danger player, right? So in the end, you know, the ball comes through, as you say, across from Richarlison, uh, and he takes it across his body, ready to, to cut across back to the goalkeeper. We've had three or four, uh, two or three defenders running around him, almost kind of in the kind of uh, panic mode. But I think Lloris should have saved it. What do you think, lads? Jace, let's kind of your thought on that. What do you reckon? I'll go totally the opposite. I, I, I oh, really? Never, <laughs> I didn't have a problem. And I'll tell you what, Deli Ali does that. Or Christian Eriksen scores that goal. Are we blaming Jordan Pickford, or are we saying what a fantastic yeah. goal? Yeah. So what are you saying? Are you saying that Lloris would have seen it late, Jay? Is that your argument here to defend him? No, not, not necessarily late. I think it was just well placed with enough power, and it and it beat him. But I, I didn't think it was a, a, a poor goalkeeper or anything like that. I really? I certainly wouldn't be sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, I hope Gazaniga plays because Hugo. No, there. I'm, I'm not no, saying no, that. No, I think Jason, no, you watched that back. I think he watched that back. I think Hugo himself would have probably felt he should have done better with it. As I say, Rick, if Sorry. I asked you, if Ericsson scores it or Ali scores it, are you blaming Jordan Pickford? No, but obviously I'm concentrating on our players. Yes, I'm not really concentrating on the goalkeeper. But it's the same goal either way round. Yeah, but it is. But I think, you know, as we're analysing the game, you know, I was analysing that goal from a Spurs perspective. It's got to be better. But what I mean is the goal is either good play by the attacking player or bad from the goalkeeper. At Ericsson's goal, 
you're not going to tell me that Pickford could have done anything about that. That's a wonderful strike. But all I'm saying is, if you look at the, you know, the, the goals we've considered today, I'm telling you, I think Hugo Lloris would have been disappointed that... It weren't was in better. the corner, was it? it no, weren't it wasn't in the yes, corner, I, was it? That's all I'm trying to make. I mean, Jamie, what do you reckon? Do you agree? What do you think? I, I, have to, I, I think I have to agree with you, Ricky. I think that, um, for me, it was poor goalkeeping by Lloris. And... He had, you know, honestly, I mean, he's he obviously making a number of mistakes over recent weeks. And one argument I'd start to argue now is um, I personally would start to thinking about Gazaniga as the number one. I argue that that because, you know, as we've, as we've mentioned, you know, he's played seven games, won seven games. He really hasn't put a foot out of line for us, um, whereas Loris has. And I think that sometimes we are, I mean... I know a lot of people are going to totally disagree with me, um, but I think, you know, when a player plays as Loris has done, making the sort of mistakes, I think you've got to sort of think about dropping him. I think, you look, you've you've seen what Gazaniga can do. I think he's been fantastic when he's been called upon. As I said, I don't think he's put a foot out of line. And I think that, um, for me, it's maybe time for Pochettino to start reconsidering giving Gazaniga more of a chance in the more important games. But yeah, that's, yeah. So this is where I'm going to agree with Jason. I don't think Gazaniga's ready yet. I, I would personally stick with Hugo Lloris, but I have to be honest today, I see that's I'm here to you know, ask you guys questions about what you thought about the game. I believe that Hugo Lloris, I still stand by it. I think he would have been disappointed, Jace, that he wouldn't have done better with that goal. That's all I'm saying on the matter. All right, well, should Jordan Pickford have saved Deli Alli's goal? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, straight at him. Straight at him and through Yeah, he could have done better on that. Yeah, he could have done better should on that. Should he have saved Sonny's one that went straight through him? For me, it was for me. Are you now going to say Jordan Pickford Costa's goal was all we were going to praise and finishes a Delhi or something? That's all I'm saying. You're taking the topic literally here. All I'm saying is that on the basis of that goal, Hugo Lloris, I feel as a goalkeeper, I think he would have felt he would have done better. That's all I'm saying on it, Jason. I tell you something about Jordan Pickford, guys and listeners as well. He should have definitely saved the one against Liverpool. Let's put it out there. Do you know what I mean? He should have definitely done better that one. Listen, let's discuss Eric Lamella entering the fray. And Jason, I'll come back round to you because he was playing at the tip of the hugely successful midfield diamond and played in Sonny, mm. who finished so well. And again, Sonny, Jace, so clinical. And Eric Lamella coming on the field and making an instant impact, Jace. No, he didn't finish so well because Jordan Pickford will feel he should have saved it because it went straight through him. Well, Jason, come on, <laughs> let's move on now. Listen, Jason, except no, that we've got different I mean? points. No, Jason, no. except we've got different points. I think it's just, you've got, except we've got different points. We can't all agree on everything. No, it was a good ball from Lamella. I thought, you just thought for a minute he's probably held it a fraction too long, if anything, didn't you? And you thought, oh, has the chance gone? But he, he slipped it through. A couple of times after that, you thought Lamella probably held it a fraction too long. But, um, you know, he, he, if you think about it, he's come on, he's created another goal, yet another assist for him this season. And and all you can say is we didn't miss Delhi going off in the second half because we still go and score three, didn't we? So, amazing. You know, Absolutely and, amazing. Um, just that work rate of him. You, you, I fear for him when he, he made that double foul, didn't he, in the space of, what was it, two or three seconds. You thought, oh, Eric, don't don't, don't let the side down now. But um, no, it's a, yet another player that comes on and, and impacts a game you know, every time he comes on at the moment. Do, yeah. do, do you think, lads, just, just on that Lamella pass, you, you mentioned, Jace, you felt maybe there's a chance gone as you're Was Sonny offside? Um, you know, with VAR definitely coming into the Premier League next year, would that have been given? 
Um, well, I think it wouldn't have been because yeah, yeah, it was really tight, wasn't it? Really, really tight. So we might have got away one there. I think if VAR was in place, I think by then, I mean at that point, it would have been four, five, two. Wouldn't have, I don't even have a massive difference, but to be fair, I mean Everton would have maybe difficult to know. But then Spurs did go and wrap it up six two. Coming back around at you, Lee. Sonny right at the heart of it. He ran onto Davis's pass down the line, crossed for Kane, who finished in the middle. And some, you know, summed up a wonderful performance lean style, wasn't it? Six two against Everton. You know, that, that's a great result. You know, we keep sitting here saying, you know, yeah. away form, but to go and win at Everton six two, they're not a bad team. They're not a bad team. I know they're going through a transition well, think, season under Marco Silva, but that's still a great result. It's a fantastic result, and I think that's probably the best goal of the game. Um, Kane's second goal. When you look at it from a team performance, when you look at it from playing out from the back, moving the ball around, back and forth. I think there was 18 or 19 passes in that move. Uh, if you, if you, yeah, was it Jay, James? Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, you have a look at that. That, you know, the way that we move the ball around, we stretch the plan. Look, everyone could sit there and argue that, you know, we're five to up anyway, Everton were, you know, after fans had gone home. But <laughs> but the reality is it was another wonderful um, uh, show of how we can move that football around the pitch. And uh, that piece of leather was f- delivered phenomenally well. Actually, from, from Alderweireld, if you, if you have a look at the ball that Alderweireld plays out, which, again, I, we haven't mentioned him yet, but some of the range of passing oh, that that guy has got yes, in him is incredible. just sublime. Absolutely love it. And he started off that move um, uh, for, from uh, after that uh, uh, passing around. And, you know, the, the ball from Son for Kane to score, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, it's just... They just know where each other is. and I, I know it wasn't in this game. Um, it was in the Arsenal game. So, you know, me and Jace weren't on the um, on the radio in the week. So, uh, we, we love a bit of the Arsenal still. I'm sure sure our <laughs> listeners will still love it. You know, when Belly Ali come out at the end of that game and t- talked about it, he said, oh, I, I knew Harry was going to pa- pass it there. Like that, the te- te- people talk about telepathy and whatever in, you know, partnerships and football days gone by. But these... That's why I keep going back to it. These four, they know where each other is on the pitch. They know where they're going to be, what runs are going to make, where they're going to, uh, you know, what, what ball to play through. And it's an absolute joy to watch. Yeah. We've got loads of listener questions in here. We're going to try and read some more out now. So, wonderful result against Everton. Let's have a few then. And it's back to the title. Loads of questions on the title race. Are we in it? Are we not? Well, let's let's have some more because I'm going to come round to you, Jay. This is from Shrias Rayo at Spurs underscore Shrias Rayo who says... Can we win the title? Winnable runner fixtures up ahead. A lot of injured players seem close to returning. Is it possible? Well, everyone was counting us in the other day. I said, you know, just concentrate on the next game. Just just beat Bournemouth and then take it from there. There's loads of football to be played. Teams can drop points. I just want us to get to April, still in with a shout, and then, then we'll see where we are. OK. Jamie, come around to you. Luca at Damson X says, come on, do you actually really think we can win the league? Well, we've obviously positioned ourselves fantastically well. Um, obviously, four points behind Liverpool now. Um, and as I said, it's just it's just magnificent that we that we we're able to compete with these sides. It just absolutely blows my mind how obviously we we thought it was all the end of the, or some people thought it was completely the end of the world that um, you know we hadn't made any signings. We'd obviously had been heavily affected by the World Cup. So the fact that we're in it um, is is obviously you know it's it's just. Phenomenal and real true testament again to Pochettino and the players. Um, I think obviously this is going to be a re- real key period now for us. Obviously, so many points to play for over the over the festive period. Um, I think the key one is going to be uh, just entering into the new year. It's going to be Manchester City versus uh, Liverpool. I think that's yeah. going to be a huge game mm. to see. Um, yeah, a massive game. What's going to happen there? So yeah, I, th- I think. 
we're certainly in it. I think, obviously, as I mentioned, with um, three teams being on forty po- at least 40 points for the first time since uh, 1985 at, at, by Christmas, um, shows you the level of competition that we're up against. But, um, yeah, I think that we're certainly done fantastic well to position ourselves for a challenge. All you've got to bear about is believe you can do it. Absolutely believe you can win every single game between now and the end of the season. But don't get ahead of yourselves because perhaps the mistake we made in that first season of Leicester is that when we won at Stoke, we, we got ahead of ourselves as a football yeah. club. All the Leicester City, we're coming for you. The players with, with Harry, the Lions chasing and all that. And then we, we drew with West Brom, remember? Yeah. And, and that yeah. kind of killed yeah. us. And then we're 2-0 up at Chelsea and we drew 2-2. So you have to learn from the bad things. And mm. I think like it, it sounds boring, but the, the Fergusons and the great Liverpool sides and all of that, they just said, Take one game at a time. That's mm. that's all you concentrate on is the next game. I deliberately won't say we're in it, but yes, I believe we can win every single game. That's for sure. One thing I, th- I would say is that um, I really feel as though we are the team is maturing this season. I mm. think you know, um, you look at the performances maybe against Inter Milan, even the last the last three where we've all scored late goals. You know, the Burnley game, PSV, Inter Milan. I think those are sort of games that maybe we wouldn't have won. Uh, like even last year. So I think that we really are starting to mature as a team and I think that that could be a real key factor in uh, helping us to go, well, too further than we did against uh, in the season against Leicester. Mm. I completely agree with, with what you guys are saying. It is really important that we don't get ahead of ourselves. But look, the reason why I'm a football fan is so I can dream. The reason why I'm a football fan right, and why I pay my season ticket money every every week and you know get it sent back to me at the moment and whatever whatever they're doing down at Wembley and why I go and sit in, in a cold... I mean, Burnley was cold, wasn't it, lads? Just to be brutally honest, it was bloody freezing that day. The reason why I do that is so that we are in the mixer, that we can talk about this and we can actually share this and be positive about this. We're in the mix. Don't don't worry about that. We are in the mixer. And I, I said on the, on the Love Sports show months ago that we're finished above Liverpool now if that's the case as it stands right now we win the title Yeah. so you know you, you listeners you can draw your own conclusion on that but I'm still sticking with what I said before I still think that we will finish above Liverpool I think we've got the uh, a, an amazing opportunity in something that is I don't know I can't explain it it's something that's going on in maybe it is the legacy I don't know but it's something going on internally in our club if the external side of things, like Pochino said uh, uh, earlier this week, if we can come together, anything can happen. And, and why not believe? It's not. It's not a shame believing. I still believe in Father Christmas. I'm forty one. <laughs> well, he certainly delivered the presents today, Lee, with that result. He certainly has delivered he the did, presents. He did, mate. He did. Listen, we've got some more questions here, and I'm not going to ask Jason because I know he's. I've already rattled his cage once already tonight with the Hugo Lloris debate, so I'm not going to go back there again. Um, I'm going to come round to you, Jamie. This is from Glory Glory at GGTHFC, who says, With all the shit staring in the media with regards to the manager, it seems that the Toby issue has been completely forgotten. In a week's time, he's free to talk with other clubs. Discuss. Look, I, I don't think the club is stupid. I think, obviously, there, there might be possibly something lined up. I don't know whether... we Obviously, we can only speculate what, what's going to happen. But, um, obviously, it's just been it's been fantastic to have Toby back in the team. I mean, it's just such a real surprise to have, to have had him this season. And, and I think this season, he's just really shown how important he is to this team. And, you know, he's been absolutely sensational. Obviously, he's had to deal with a lot of um, changes of partnerships. You know, obviously, he's gone through Davinson Sanchez, Yama Tongan, Foyt, even Ben Davis. So, That's right, yes. I think he's, he's shown that he's obviously just such an outstanding defender. 
Um, obviously, he's you know he's 29 now, so obviously he's you know he's he's getting on slightly, and obviously injuries might be a slight concern. But for me, you've just got to give him what, or, or certainly make him on as high, highly paid as Harry Kane and Laurie's the club's top earners. Okay, and Jamie, one more because I know Jason and Lee aren't interested at all in transfers, but we just want to give the listeners some of their answers to their questions. Gareth at GW Legend says we need cover in centre midfield, strong at back and up front, but we assume Wanyama and possibly Dembele are going to be off. Where do we go? That is a realistic buy. Let's not mention the unrealistic targets. Any ideas in mind, Jay? Uh for me, for me, there won't be a central midfielder coming in in January. I, okay. I don't realistically. I don't think there are any um, any realistic possibilities of players that might arrive. Um, for me, obviously, you know, I've always, I've always mentioned that central midfield is an, is an area I'd like us to strengthen in eventually. Um, I think the, obviously the other options would be uh, the full-backs. I know, Jason, you're a huge fan of uh, Wan-Bissaka, who was obviously oh, outstanding uh, against Manchester City. So mm. he'd be a guy that I'd like to um, go, and, go and try and sign in uh, probably probably be the summer. Um, ben Chilwell on the other side would obviously be another fantastic option um, over at left-back. Um, but for me, unfortunately, just just based on... on on previous experiences of, of covering the transfer window, I really can't see us uh, making any additions over in January, unfortunately. OK, right. So we're now going to look ahead to Bournemouth after that wonderful result against Everton. So the games are coming thick and fast. So we have got Bournemouth to come on Boxing Day. So there's really very little turnaround for the players. So let's discuss Bournemouth's form. And Jason, I want to come around to you because Bournemouth at the moment, they sit eighth in the Premier League. They've had a good, good season under Eddie Howe. Really playing some wonderful stuff. This is going to be another tough game, isn't it, Jace? Coming our way. Tough game, but you, you feel that the, the, the bigger boys still kind of beat them at home, don't you? Yeah, I don't know what the right. record's like, yeah. or the We found some common ground, Jace. We agree on something. I agree with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but, uh, you, but hopefully Hugo's in, in goal and um, you know, I'm sure Callum Wilson won't score against him. Listen, I agree with you on that. Listen, Hugo, for me, sticking in goal 100%, definitely. Lee, I want to come around to you about Bournemouth because their form has been seen over the weekend. So, Bournemouth on Saturday... They won 2-0 against a 10-man Brighton team. What kind of challenge, Lee, do you think they're going to pose us, Bournemouth, when they come to Spurs? Do you think they're going to come and try to play for the win or do you see them being reserved, trying to take just a point? Well, I think last year at Wembley, it was a tough game, wasn't it, mm. from memory? I think it was a 1-0 uh, win from, from us, from Spurs. Um, they, I, I do like Bournemouth. Um, they're quite close to my heart. One of my best friends' families from there. Um, so th this fixture always um, we're going down together actually uh, on Boxing Day to watch the game, um, and uh, it's it's always a good game. They, they play some good football, and I think if they come and start to try and play football against us, uh, sorry Bournemouth, but I think we're going to tear them apart like we did today with Everton. Um, so I think they're going to have to come and be a, a little bit robust. I think they've got some good players, um, some some good attacking players as well. Um, but I think that to be fair, I mean I'm not sure Bournemouth can come and park the bus. I don't know what you guys think. I think, you know, that yes. Burnley game, I mean, they parked the bus. I'm not sure Bournemouth can come and do that. And I think that can only be a good thing for Tottenham. I agree with that, Lee. I don't think it's their style of football, is it, they come and park the bus? They don't normally no. play like that. I mean, that's one of the things that we love about Eddie Howe as a manager. I think, you know, the British, you know, side of the media that, Eddie Howe, he tries to play football the right way. He does try and play free-flowing, attacking football. Got some wonderful players there as well. And Jay, want to come round to you. What do you think the setup is going to be from Bournemouth? I asked Lee that question. How do you see him coming to Tottenham? Do you see them playing 
to try and get a result? Or do you think they are going to be more reserved, sit back and try and maybe hit Spurs on the counter? Uh, yeah, for, for me, I think it will be that case. I think they will try and set up. I know, obviously, um, you know, we've just mentioned that they probably will be trying to be slightly more offensive than uh, the likes of Burnley were. I don't think that's very, don't think that's, uh, very hard. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, they've got some, obviously got some fantastic players going forward. You know, the likes of Callum Wilson and David Brooks, who have obviously been uh, really on fire this season. So I think that they've certainly got some options if they were to go forward on the counter-attack. But, but for me, I, I personally, I can see them coming and trying to set up for... Not a draw, but I think that they will be. I think they will try and be reserved and, and perhaps hits on the counter. I think Callum Wilson, as I mentioned, I think he's going to be a really key man to try and stop uh, on uh, uh, again on at Wembley. Okay, interesting. Well, it's, quite, it's quite interesting. Sorry, just to interrupt, uh, interrupt with you there as well. It's quite interesting. I don't know how many of you guys are going to the game. Uh, I was at the game last year. I think it was Southampton on Boxing Day, um, and the atmosphere was brilliant. I have to say. I think there's fifty. I think they've opened up the, the top tier. Jamie, you might be able to tell me better. Sold out. Yeah. Sold out. Yeah. It's closed. Sold out. Yeah. Yes, it's closed. But I think there's fifty-five thousand or fifty-one thousand tickets uh, open, uh, and the atmosphere is actually pretty good down there on, on Boxing Day. Normally, it's good. Uh, and especially after a win today, I bet there's a lot of people going online today buying more Bournemouth tickets. <laughs> well, come on, let's get some predictions in, guys, ahead of another game coming so thick and fast. Jase, let's start with you. Bournemouth to come at home. What are you going for at home? When I'll go, Definitely not I'll go 2-0 Tottenham. 2-0 Tottenham. Lee, what are you going for? I, I, I'd agree with that, actually. I think it'd be, it'd be, it won't be a fest. I think it, it might be tighter than that, maybe. 2-1, two, I think we might concede. Lee saying 2-1. Jamie, over to you. I personally, I personally don't see us uh, conceding. I think it will, as I said, I think it's going to be uh, another close affair, similar to Burnley. Um, I thought I'm going for a rather boring 1-0 win. OK. We'll take it, though, won't we? We'll take, take it. it. Listen, three points. Absolutely. We'll take three points. It's all about remaining in that hunt. What are you having, Rick? I'm going to go for 2-0 Spurs. What are you saying? Full house. 2-0 okay, Spurs. Good. So, across so the board... you've agreed with Jason twice tonight, then? I know. I don't know what's going on there, Lee. I'm getting quite concerned. <laughs> what's going on? Actually, when, going on? When, do, uh, when does City play Boxing Day? Or do they play on the 27th? So no, I think they've had a couple of days off, uh, Jace, to be fair, because the Sky like giving um, a couple of days yeah, off, don't they? Yeah, well, actually, interestingly, I mean, we, we have the least days off over the over the period of um, however many games it is. Um, we have six, uh, the same as Everton, who have six, uh, and Liverpool have the most but off if, with ten. If we beat Bournemouth, can we actually go above City at that point? Oh, good shout. Uh, it's a four o'clock kickoff, isn't it? On, uh, I think everyone they all play everyone, at the same time, everyone, don't they? At the same time. Every, yeah. Everyone plays at the same time on uh, Boxing Day. Oh, oh, we'll have to get the wireless out whilst we're in the crowd. Do you remember that? <laughs> the wireless. <laughs> Epic. Oh, Jamie, Jamie's, Jamie's thinking, what on earth is a wireless? <laughs> 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 so many games that come so thick and fast in this Christmas period. It's all about trying to manage this squad now. So I'll be interested to see what changes Poch will make between now and also when we play Bournemouth. So many games to come. Listen, but again, just... it's it's like yeah. sorry, sorry, Rick. Just quickly though, it's like what Jay said before. Are you worried? Are you worried? What you know? You, we've got Jamie and yourself to maybe talking about Gazaniga. We're talking. We'll keep Larissa in or Gazaniga. Doesn't really matter. No, you know, exactly. Maybe Rose will come back now. Do you know what I mean? Maybe maybe we give um, we give Davison a day off because obviously he's only just come back, and then we get maybe Ben Davis comes back in as a centre back in. Does it actually matter? I mean, it's just. The squad depth in this in uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club now. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no one can question it. I think they've been brilliant. So yeah. long may it continue. 
agree with that. I think that's the right way to leave it. We've got so many shows to come. Just a reminder, guys, Christmas Day, we are releasing a very special show. So me and Jason had the pleasure of having on... Sky Sports' very own Lyle Thomas, who covers all things Tottenham. We've got that special show to bring you on Christmas Day that is actually already been edited. It's ready to go. We're just waiting on Lyle's final say-so, but a very special Christmas show that brings you up to date on Pochettino's future, what last thoughts are on that, the January transfer window, and what he's made of Spurs' summer overall. So a show you don't want to miss. Before we go, I have to thank the brilliant Lee McQueen for coming back, as always. Lee, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Christmas. It's an absolute pleasure, lads. Massive Merry Christmas and uh, fantastic New Year. Obviously, I'll see you guys in the New Year on, on Love Sport as well. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for uh, keep listening to us and voting for us and downloading. It is amazing to see where so where the last word on Spurs is going. So, fantastic and Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, just on Lee's point there, top 25 in the charts this week, the last word on Spurs and iTunes. Incredible. Just incredible, guys. And I can't thank each and every one of you that listen to the show every single week all those loyal listeners honestly it means so much to us so thank you so much for getting involved in the show contributing on Love Sport you've been amazing I hope you enjoy all the shows and Jamie thank you for being a part of it you've been wonderful we've loved having you on Jamie the last couple of months and long may that continue no no, absolute pleasure it's obviously great always being on really good fun and um, yeah rightfully so that that you've managed to get into the top 25 Um, obviously um Brilliant to have reviewed the win, and we're all going to be very happy going into Christmas. We are. Listen, guys, have a wonderful <laughs> Christmas. And Jason, come on, let's have some festive cheer, Jay. Thanks for coming on, as always. You know I love you. No, <laughs> no problem. It was, it was an absolute pleasure talking to Lyle about transfers, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and and oh, mate. Honestly, Jason loved that <laughs> hour. He loved it. I was going to say, I was happier talking to Lyle about transfers than I am you about Hugo Lloris. Well, there you go. There you go. Jason having the last word on Spurs. What a surprise there. The wonderful Jason McGovern. Listen, guys, enjoy the show. Have a wonderful Christmas. Eat loads, drink loads. Have a wonderful time. Don't worry. Last one on Spurs aren't going to be around or away for long. We're going to be back over the Christmas period of New Year, bringing you more and more reviews of games. Have a wonderful Christmas again. Enjoy the show. And up the Spurs! Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.